0: On zoom so great to have you uh, uh, with us, um, this is a, this is a good opportunity today for us to come together as church family and to pray, particularly for for some of the the obvious pastoral needs that are within the church thinking of, of Eve and obviously Tony and family and around the communion table, there will be opportunity in terms of open prayer for us to to pray um, uh, for. For the needs of of, of people, um, and I, I mention that because um, there's a, a very clear link that uh, the Bible makes between the sufferings of Jesus and uh, his empathy and ability to both uh, sympathise with us in our sicknesses and weaknesses, but also to offer mercy and grace and help as we come to pray. Um, So, for example, the writer of Hebrews chapter 4 says this, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin." Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. As we uh, we travel through uh, the service, um, the hymns, songs will come up on the screen and uh, the the readers uh, know who they are and uh, they will come up uh, without announcement and uh, please uh if you're able to stand to sing uh please please do so um and uh yeah it'll run through uh without uh, too much hopefully announcement from me other than uh the bits where I speak <laughs> and uh, communion so um so yeah please stand let's work
1: The reading is taken from Luke 22, verse 66, to Luke 23, verse 7. At daybreak, the council of the elders of the people, both the chief priests and the teachers of the law, met together. And Jesus was led before them. If you are the Messiah, they said, tell us. Jesus answered, if I tell you, you will not believe me. And if I asked you, you would not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the mighty God. They all asked, Are you the Son of God? He replied, You say that I am. Then they said, Why do we need any more testimony? We have heard it from his own lips. Then the whole assembly rose and led him off to Pilate they began to accuse him saying, we have found this man subverting our nation. He opposes payment of taxes to Caesar and claims to be Messiah, a king. So Pilate asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. Then Pilate announced to the chief priests and the crowd, I find no basis for a charge against this man. But they insisted, he stirs up the people all over Judea by his teaching. He started it in Galilee and he's come all the way here. On hearing this, Pilate asked if the man was a Galilean. When he learned that Jesus was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at that time.
2: When Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased, because for a long time he had been wanting to see him. From what he had heard about him, he hoped to see him perform some miracle. He plied him with many questions, but Jesus gave him no answer. The chief priests and the teachers of the law were standing there, vehemently accusing him. Then Herod and his soldiers ridiculed and mocked him. Dressing him in an elegant robe, they sent him back to Pilate. That day, Herod and Pilate became friends. Before this, they had been enemies. Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people. And said to them, you brought me this man as one who was inciting the people to rebellion, I have examined him in your presence and found no basis for your charges against him. Neither has Herod for he sent him back to us, as you can see, he has done nothing to deserve death, therefore, I will punish him and then release him with one voice they cried out away with this man Release Barabbas to us. Barabbas had been thrown into prison for an insurrection in the city and for murder. Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate appealed to them again, but they kept shouting, crucify him, crucify him. For the third time, he spoke to them, why? What crime has this man committed? I have found in him no grounds for death penalty. Therefore, I will have him punish and then release him. But with loud shouts, they insistently demanded that he be crucified, and their shouts prevailed. So Pilate decided to grant their command. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for for insurrection and murder, the one they asked for, and surrendered Jesus to their will.
3: The reading is taken from Luke 23, verses 26 to 43. As they led him away, they see Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children, for the time will come when they will say, blessed are the barren women, the wombs that have never borne and the breasts that have never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, fall on us and to the hills cover us. For if men do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him, along with the the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, the chosen one. since you are under the same sentence we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve but this man has done nothing wrong then he said jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom jesus answered him i tell you the truth today you will be with me in paradise
0: Let's pray. Lord, who can speak about the depths and the mystery of the cross? Who can do justice, Lord, to these texts? And yet, Lord, we ask that as we look together again at this mystery, the mystery of the cross, We dare to ask, Holy Spirit, that you would
4: increase our gratitude, our awe, our wonder at the cross. Lord, your grace is amazing. Who can plumb the depths of your
0: mercy, Lord? Help us now, Lord, as we look at your word. kneel again at the foot of the cross in awe and wonder. In Jesus' name. Amen. Luke tells us in verse 32, two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. Um, The Greek word there for criminals, lestes, usually means robber, but it can also mean insurrectionist, someone who tries to start a revolution against the government. The fact that these men are being crucified indicates that they were guilty of the most serious crimes against the Roman Empire. And so crucifixion by the Romans was was reserved for the very worst type of criminals. It was done publicly by a roadside so that everyone could see the shame, the humiliation, the suffering of the victims, which makes the crucifixion of the death of the Son of God, the sinless, eternal Son of God, truly an outrage. And the cross leaves you and I nowhere to hide. The cross is uncomfortable because the cross tells us that Jesus had to die the death of the worst kind of criminal so that you and I could be forgiven and reconciled to God. There was and is no other way. The cross is bloody,
4: Violent, disturbing, dark. Why was such a violent act against
0: Jesus needed to pay for our sin? Aren't we respectable people? Couldn't God have found a less violent and gruesome way to forgive us? Reflecting on my own journey, I think the cross makes us feel uncomfortable, is because when we look at the cross and see the horror and violence and cruelty of it, we don't think, honestly, that our sins are all that bad. You see, our culture tells us that some people are bad enough to deserve what they get. So it might be argued by our culture today well, the two criminals. That were crucified with Jesus deserved to die. Our culture cries out for violent oppressors and abusers to be sentenced and dealt justice. But most people today think of themselves as basically good, at least compared to others. So for many, the truth that Jesus had to die for every human being And not just the worst kind of criminals is uncomfortable and disturbing. It's offensive because according to God's standards, no human being is righteous in God's eyes. Listen to Paul in Romans 3. There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. That is offensive to our culture where people say most people are basically good. People still protest though, how can God judge me as not righteous? I'm not like that person over there who is obviously evil, who's an oppressor, an abuser, or a criminal. I try to do good. I try to help my neighbor and to give to charity. You have many of these good people in your families you have many good friends who do all of these things i may not be perfect people say but i try to be a good person i even sometimes go to church let me illustrate to help you if you've ever replaced a dim light bulb and we have in here with a much more powerful one the immediate response may well (coughs) may well be well that's better I can now see everything in the room so much more clearly what was once looked like a basically tidy room now appears at first glance to be still tidy but then there comes a problem because the more you look the harder you look and study the more you begin to see the defects
4: the missing Flakes of paint, the dust on the skirting board.
0: And some people or many people that you know in your family and friends look respectable and tidy. You know the sort. We may, you may well be one of them. We look so respectable and tidy, don't we? But when God's light is shone onto people's lives the dust the defects are shown up why because God's light is pure and God's life is perfect and even the best human beings are exposed as having dust and defects by the pure perfect holy light of God they may well look tidy they may well look respectable but they are not clean. No one is clean in God's eyes because the standard is perfection, not human standards. To many of us, it's obvious that some people are both unclean and untidy, chaotic. You can find people out there whose lives are chaotic, untidy and unclean. You may count yourself as somebody who is basically a tidy and respectable person, but you can never say that you are clean. So we all stand on level ground at the foot of the cross. You may be tidy and respectable, but you're unclean. You need forgiveness and cleansing. You may well be untidy and chaotic and unclean. You need forgiveness and cleansing. There is no difference in the eyes of God. All fall short of the glory of God. All of us need cleansing. And that's why the cross stands there as an emblem, a symbol that all of us fall short of the glory of God. All of us need cleansing. Whether we're good and respectable, whether we're chaotic and untidy, We are all unclean before God. C.S. Lewis in his book, The Problem of Pain, talks about the cumulative effect of sin. The reason the cross is so bloody and violent is when you add together, according to Lewis, all of the small and large acts of cruelty, oppression, and all the small sins of gossip and lying. When you add all of these millions and billions of sins together, you get the darkness of the curse of sin, which separates the world and humanity from God. That's why the cross was needed. That's why Jesus hung there in in excruciating agony in the darkness for three hours. Because only a holy, sinless son of God could pay for all the cumulative sin of the world. All the small sins and all the large sins that together create the darkness of the curse that separates humanity from God were absorbed and taken and borne by Jesus on the cross. Every small sin and every large sin, every sin that's ever been committed throughout history, every sin that will be committed in the future was born and taken on the cross by Jesus, including your sin and my sin. And that's why the cross was so violent and bloody
4: and cruel and horrible. It took that kind of death,
0: that kind of savior and his light to overcome the darkness of our cruel and violent and unjust and oppressive world. One of the criminals accepted that he needed God's forgiveness. He accepted that Jesus was an innocent sufferer. He knew he was getting God's justice and he told the other criminal the truth. And this statement of faith where he said, "'Jesus, remember me when you come again into your kingdom' was enough for this criminal to enter into paradise." He hadn't been baptized. He hadn't had long enough to do a spiritual gifts course. He hadn't even done a new members course or an alpha course. This man simply recognized that he deserved to die and Jesus didn't. And he said, remember me, Jesus, have mercy on me, Jesus, when you come again. That was all that was needed. And today you will be with me in paradise, said Jesus. The other criminal mocked Jesus. He wasn't interested in God's justice. He only wanted Jesus to save them. He was only about himself and he never received the gift of forgiveness and eternal life. So today is the day for you and I to be like the criminal who entered into paradise. Today is the day for you and I to say to Jesus, I deserve the penalty of death for my sin. I needed you to die in my place so that I could be cleansed and forgiven of my sin. Lord, the only way I could ever come into your holy, perfect, pure presence was if your sinless son took my sin upon himself. Thank you, Lord, that you died for my sin so that by trusting in you, I could be forgiven and put right with God. We will never understand the depths of the suffering of Jesus. It's not the physical suffering. Others have suffered martyrs' deaths. It's the weight of evil and sin and the curse of the darkness of the history of sin and the future of sin that Jesus carried. It was the forsakenness, the separation of the son who'd been with the father from eternity, who cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That was the depths of suffering that we can never fully understand. But we're to be thankful that God's grace and mercy are even greater than my sin and your sin we're to rejoice and be thankful for the sacrifice of jesus for our sin around this table in a moment i'm going to give opportunity for you to say thank you in open prayers for the sacrifice of jesus and then after we've shared bread and wine we will then move to prayers of intercession where we pray for brothers and sisters in this church and throughout the world who are persecuted. We will share in remembering the sufferings of Jesus, enable us to come with boldness before the throne of God and cry out for mercy and help and healing and grace
4: for those in their need today. Can I ask uh, Noel to
0: come and bring our final reading? Thank you. And can I ask those serving at communion to uh, come and uh, come to the table?
5: Thank you. It was now about the sixth hour, and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. For the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely, this was a righteous man. And all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place. They beat their breasts and went away. All those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things.
0: going to read some words from Hebrews uh, chapter 10 just before I do could I ask if somebody could uh, have the microphone uh, available for prayers ready to uh, just take around Thank You Nigel (coughs) Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19 says this therefore brothers since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more, as you see the day approaching. So let's encourage one another, and let's draw near through that new and living way, opened up by Jesus through the curtain. Let's approach the throne of grace with confidence in prayer, with uh, let's take this time to offer prayers of thanksgiving as the spirit leads you please uh just put your hand up and uh nigel will come or or nigel if you start praying nigel will just run and come and find you so just whatever works
4: for you let's let's pray as the spirit leads Father, we thank you so much for
6: sending Jesus. We thank you so much that he was willing to come knowing what lay before him. And Father, we just thank you just so much for, for Jesus going through with it, bearing our sin. Oh, we can't begin to imagine what that must have felt like for him and being separated from you for, for a moment or two. I don't know how long, but Lord, it must have been really awful, him having had, been in your presence and, and having fellowship with you for goodness knows how long, and yet just for a few moments he was separated from you because of our sin. Oh, Father,
4: we just thank you so much that, that he did this for us. Amen. Jesus came to Jerusalem, not on a golden coach, pulled by
0: six white horses. Jesus was humbly riding a donkey. And at the temple, officials and the Pharisees were jealous of Jesus' popularity and condemned him. The humble Jesus cared for his people. He healed the blind and the sick, He taught the good
4: news of his kingdom, and gave his life for his friends. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Eloi Eloi Lama Sabathani, my God,
6: my God, why have you forsaken me? those words echo down through history those words sear our hearts and our souls as we think of the agony you endured jesus thank you that you endured that so that we never need to be separated from the father's love there are
4: no words to say that any more than that remember at the last supper how jesus took bread and he broke that bread as a symbol that he was the bread of life and a symbol
0: that his body would be pierced and sacrificed for sin on the cross and there is one loaf symbolizing the one body the family of the church and though we are many we are one body through christ who is the head of the church and so as we share this bread we share in the one body of christ we eat with faith and with thanksgiving eating the bread of life jesus says that he who feeds on me will live forever.
4: Thank you, Jesus. We will eat the bread as we receive it. We remember that
0: after supper, Jesus took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. We will hold on to our cups and all drink together as a sign of our unity in the body of Christ.
4: So we drink this with thanksgiving. An
0: opportunity now for us to bring our prayers of petition and intercession for the worldwide church, but also thinking of... uh, Members of the body here closer to home, um, lifting them before Christ for his touch of healing, mercy, grace and help. Please, uh, as the Spirit leads you, please lead us in praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ.
4: And again, Nigel, will will make it over to you with the, with the microphone. Father, we just thank you so much for this morning and what we've just heard, Lord, and
6: we just thank you that you, we just heard we are one body, Lord, and we just pray now for believers all over the world who are not free to celebrate your death and resurrection this weekend, we know that some of them will just suffer very much. If they do that, then they would probably have to meet now in secret. Lord, we, we cannot lift every country to you, but you know them, Lord. You know your believers. You know those whose hearts are set on you, and we just lift them to you
4: this morning, Lord, as we would be one with them. Amen.
3: Father, we want to lift our dear sister Eve to you this morning as well and pray that you would be with with Eve and Steve and the family at this difficult time. Lord, Eve is such an amazing, faithful person um, who inspires us all. Despite her circumstances, she is such a strong woman of faith. And we pray now, Lord, in her time of need, that we would lift her up, that that you would minister to her, Father, that um, you would just be alongside her. And we pray that the outcome will, will be a, a positive one, and that she will not have to have this uh, this operation, Father. So we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Oh Father God we just lift Tony to you this morning. Father we we don't understand what's happened and, and neither does Tony and yet his faith is as strong as ever and he trusts you for the future. So Father we lift him to you and Claire and Paul and the rest of the family Val's sister in Canada. Father we just pray that you will continue to to just hold them close to you and father we pray particularly for the days to come when tony has practical arrangements to make we pray that when grief overwhelms him you will carry him and lord we pray for the time when he chooses to come back to us here at church father we just anticipate that that will be difficult and so lord we we just lift that time to you and we pray that all of us will be very sensitive to Tony's needs and again that you would carry him lord when things are hard so bless them father and and thank you thank you for the inspiration of his faith in jesus name amen
4: lord we
7: know that You are holding Eve in your arms. But Lord, we want to also pray for Steve. He's probably with her at this moment, Lord, and the anxiety he must have must be massive. Lord, hold him closely
4: as well. Father, I just want to bring Ian
6: to you. Father, you know how he's been over the years. He's he's not lost his faith in any shape or form, and yet he has so much trouble, particularly with his eyes. And Father, I just pray that as as you touched people, as Jesus walked around this earth and touched people to receive their sight, I pray, Lord, you do
4: that for Ian in the name of Jesus.
1: children that it would be a time when uh, stress is alleviated and that her grandchildren can thoroughly enjoy themselves too we pray for the funeral arrangements that your hand would be firmly upon that lord that uh, everything would fit together and that it would be a wonderful celebration of marian's life we just pray for your hand to be upon the whole family in jesus name amen
6: ask you to fill that gap and to draw near to those who specifically need you this Easter where their hearts are aching and breaking. You are the great comfort through the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, that they are not left alone, but that you are there to walk that journey with them. Thank you for that blessing.
4: Amen. Before we sing our last uh, song, um,
0: we've got a a video uh, to, to to watch and uh, reflect on.
7: It's Friday. Jesus is praying. Peter's asleeping. Judas is betraying. But Sunday's coming, it's Friday, Pilate's struggling, the council is conspiring, the crowd is vilifying, they don't even know that Sunday's coming, it's Friday, the disciples are running like sheep without a shepherd, Mary's crying, Peter is denying, but they don't know That Sunday's are coming. It's Friday. The Romans beat my Jesus. They robe him in scar. They crown him with thorns. But they don't know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. See Jesus walking to Calvary. His blood dripping. His body stumbling and his spirit's burden. But you see, it's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The world's winning. People are sinning. And evil's grinning. It's Friday. The soldiers nailed my Savior's hands to the cross. They nailed my Savior's feet. the cross and then they raised him up next to criminals it's friday but let me tell you something sunday's coming it's friday the disciples are questioning what has happened to their king and the pharisees are celebrating that their scheming has been achieved but they don't know It's only Friday, Sunday's coming, it's Friday. He's hanging on the cross, feeling forsaken by his father, left alone and dying. Can nobody save him? Oh, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming, it's Friday. The earth trembles, the sky grows dark, my king yields his spirit, it's Friday, hope is lost, death has won, sin has conquered, and Satan's just a laughing. It's Friday, Jesus is buried. A soldier stands guard, and a rock is rolled into place, but it's Friday. It is only Friday. Sunday is a cup. It's Friday, Jesus is praying, Peter is asleep.
0: What a saviour what a saviour lord jesus words are inadequate but lord send us out into this, in this day and in these coming days with a heart of sacrifice and service for you may we each like simon of cyrene take up our cross and follow in jesus name amen amen, amen.